Disney World? Any Disney World pros out there? You know, like, there's people that go to Disney World and just kind of go wherever they're led, and there's, like, people that are serious about Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like, like six to eight months out, they're planning their trip. They're, they're, they're reserving their reservations. Six to eight months out, they are mapping out their plan of attack, right? The day of, they get to the park early, they get in first, and they sprint to the back. They've got their fast passes on lock, all right? They're looking at other people laughing like, ha, you didn't know that? Like, like they're serious, and they got Mickey ears the whole time while they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they are all in. Like, we can spot serious, right? How do we know they're serious? Because they act like it, right? They act serious. Like, they're fully in. They're fully committed. And I think as Christ followers, as we have a relationship with God and, and a relationship with his son, Jesus, I think we can learn a lot from these examples of being serious, of what it means for our own personal faith and what that needs to look like as we go forward. Uh, As I mentioned, I I feel like literally God dropped this message in my heart. Sometimes we kind of get the Holy Spirit leading us, okay, we're going to go in this direction this month. Uh, We kind of were open-handed like we were uh, normally. And and two weeks ago, uh, we had our... uh, First Sunday night of prayer and worship. We do that every Sunday, first Sunday night of the month from 6.30 to 7.30. And we're here with a, a group of people just praying and worshiping God. And, and um, he had us, he led us, the Holy Spirit led us to just start praying for the church. Start praying for alive. Start praying for you guys. And we were praying. It was a rich time. We were all kind of spread out worshiping. I was actually in the back in the, in the tech booth, just kind of walking and pacing back there, praying in the spirit. And I heard as clear as day in my spirit, not an audible voice, all right? God can speak through his word. He can speak through his Holy Spirit in the inward witness, and he can speak audibly, all right? I heard in the inward witness on the inside of my spirit, man, I heard the words, it's time to get serious. And it was like, like I got alerted. And I was like, dang. And it was, it was, it was gentle yet forceful. It was loving yet urgent. And it was like, it's time to get serious. And I was like, yes, Lord. And I began to pray and we kind of went on through the night. And I just been, for two weeks, I have not been able to shake that phrase, it's time to get serious. And I was like, Lord, what does that mean for us? What, what kind of message am I bringing today? What kind of hope and encouragement am I bringing today? I believe it's a spoken word, it's a rhema word for all of us today as believers and and people of faith. It is time to get serious. And as I began to pray and ponder and say, God, like, show me exactly, okay, I can't just get up there and say, it's time to get serious, let's close, right? Like, like what else, where are we going with this? He led me to uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and he had me look at it in the message translation, and uh, I want to read it for you. It's the Apostle Paul speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Colossians chapter 3, Verses 1 and 3 in the message, he says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, he says, act like it. I was like, dang, we could stop right there. He says, pursue things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground, absorb with the things that are right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. I love that. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ and God, and he is your life. God is saying to us by his spirit this morning, guys, it's time to get serious, and it's time to act like it, right? We know serious when we see it, amen? We know half-heartedness when we see it, right? God, I believe, is wanting to stir us up this morning and say, come on, in our faith walk, in our relationship with Jesus, in our commitment to serving and building his church, it is time to get serious. Can I get an amen in the house this morning? 
Come on, I was sharing this with our live team. Man, when you get a back rub by somebody you love and they hit a good spot, you say, yeah, right there, amen, all oh, that feels good, right? If, if you're getting it this morning, let me know that you feel it, all right? And we also talked about it. Sometimes they hit a knot and it hurts, but it hurts so good, amen? So, ah, yeah, but stay there, right? Come on, you can be interactive this morning with me, all right? So I got three areas. We could talk about all the seriousness stuff, and we could be here for days, but we will be here for the next few minutes, all right? And so I got a little bit of time. I feel like the Lord wants me to share this with you. Three things that I feel like God wants to challenge us as a church to get serious about in this next season. The first one is this. Number one, it's time to get serious about gathering. Everybody say gathering. Erica did a phenomenal job last week, and, and this is just kind of an extended remix version of, I'm not going to recap what she talked about, go back and listen to it. She challenged us and hit on the power of the gather, amen, and that God is wanting us to show up and put up, right? But the showing up is so powerful. We looked at the, the Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 challenge, right? Basically, it says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the D, capital day, right, capital D, day, approaching the day of Christ's return, right? How much more, as we get closer and closer to Christ's return, do we need to gather? Do we need to come together as believers? Do we need to exhort? Do we need to encourage, right? Now is the time to lean into that, and when we know that it's important to us, we prioritize it. We schedule it, we plan it, we make it a part of our week every week, right? And, and I'll tell you what, we all know, serious. And we go through extreme lengths sometimes about things that we're serious about on this earth to do it or to attend it, right? Like, like for example, like I know people that will wake up at the crack of dawn on their day off to go to some tailgate to cheer on a team that has a pigskin full of air that crosses a goal line and they will scream bloody murder they will lose like uh, four days after that trying to recover from that they will bring the best food like they're they're prepared and they'll get out this is their day off right I, I know people who will get out of bed early on a you know go to bed early friday night saturday night because they want to get up early to go fishing to go hunting right to just sit in the woods you know like like they're complaining about hitting that clock alarm on Monday through Friday at their job, but man, they'll, they'll pop right up. I'm going to go shoot me some deer. You know what I'm saying? I'm going I'm to catch a bass, right? They're, they're, they're serious about this, obviously, right? I know people, I've been these, will drive hours to see a performance or a concert or an artist they love, right? They don't complain about how far the drive is or, oh my gosh, what happens here? They just go, man, because they're serious about it. And, and, and I also, I, I love this, a little less with COVID, but I, 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 there are people that will wake up early, they will camp out for days to get a deal on an electronic, right? Ever seen Best Buy, like on Black Friday, like tense. How long have you been here? Tuesday, sir. It's like, today's Friday. Like, yeah. Have you showered? No. This dude's serious about some plasma, you know, TV or some big screen TV. Like, like we'll do crazy things. We've all probably done and experienced this ourselves, right? And, and here's the deal. There's nothing bad about any of that I just mentioned. God wants you to enjoy life. Like, if you like hunting, if you like going to concerts, if, if you like getting up early and doing this or that, go for it. But every time I see this behavior in culture, I feel like the Lord nudges me and says, that's how I wish my people were about church. That's how I wish my, my beloved sons and daughters were so excited about coming to my house to gather, 
to worship me, to serve me in the community, to, to get in with that. And I, he goes, if, if they only knew, if they only knew the power of the gather, if they only knew what I could do when people come together expecting God to move in faith, in that environment, man, we would maybe prioritize it a little bit more or get a little bit more excited or prepare for it, right? And um, I think... I think, why is this so important, the whole gather thing? Um, I just want to wrap this up, but I believe God moves in our lives when we gather, amen? Like God does a work when his church gathers, right? And the other cool thing that I think we often overlook and underestimate is that God moves in other people's lives when we gather. And sometimes I think we miss this because we've gotten into the trap of our culture of consumer Christianity, right? And, 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 And here's the deal, God isn't, some attendance bully in heaven holding your attendance record against you, okay? Just hear my heart. He, he's, got, he's got bigger fish to fry. He's got bigger things to do in our lives. And check this, but he is looking at our commitment, right? The big deal about gathering isn't about attendance records. The big thing about gathering is when you don't show up, the church doesn't show up. Because again, we've talked about this very much, especially over the last year and a half, the church isn't a building, Amen. The church isn't a service time, amen? The church isn't a worship song. The church is who? It's the people, it's you, it's I, it's us. The church is the people. And when the people say, I'm gonna dial it in, I'm gonna phone it in this morning, I'm gonna hit the snooze and sleep in, I'm gonna go up north every weekend and just not prioritize, I'm gonna do this or that, part of the church doesn't show up. And yeah, maybe you're good and you're having a great Devo time and I don't need church. You don't need church to get to heaven. You don't need church to have a vibrant relationship with God. God isn't saying that. He said, man, there is power when the church gathers because part of our nature as the church, if we want to be a church, is gathering. They gathered house to house and in the temple. It was the model from the very beginning. And sometimes it's for you and sometimes it's for somebody else. When, sometimes when we skip church, part of the body of Christ is limping because all of us are either a hand or an arm or an ear or a leg or whatever. But when the feet don't show up, we can't really move that far. And when the arms aren't there, we can't really carry each other's burdens, right? And, and so there's this power here, right? We miss the gift. We miss the hug. We miss the inspired word of encouragement. We miss the laying on of hands. There's just something about getting in physical proximity. You look all over the Bible. There's something about being close in person, right? Jesus didn't Zoom it or FaceTime it in with his disciples. He spent time with them in the flesh, right? Amen? There's power to that example. And so I've been really challenged with this in this season. I think it's important we all understand it. It's this. You coming to church isn't about a butt in a seat. It's about the church having a heartbeat. It's not about a butt in a seat. It's about the church having a heartbeat, the church actually having a pulse. Because if we stop gathering, we stop existing. Because the church is a called out. The ecclesia is the called out ones, the ones that gather. But the enemy would like to do nothing more than scatter. And man, has he done a good job of that the last year and a half. Man, has he sifted out the lukewarm and the culture casual and all that. And man, the people that are gathering are committed. You could be so many different places. Your bed is one of them right now, right? But you're here because I believe you think that God's got something more for you, and he does. And he's got something more for us collectively as the body of Christ. He does. We cannot forsake the gathering together of each other, Amen. Because not only do you come alive, but others come alive. Amen? And uh, 
Like Pastor Erica mentioned last week, it's not about attendance. You know, back in the day, they, how's your church health? They look at numbers, and every number is a name. Every name is a life. Every life has purpose. So we do track that because I believe God keeps good records of that. He has a whole book in his Bible called what? Numbers. <laughs> sorry, bad joke. All right, but he does. He like, he, uh, man, sorry. There's so many places I could go with that. All right, come on. Get back on track. As Erica shared with us last week, it's not about attendance. It's about engagement. The new health of the church is, are you engaged in the body of Christ? All right, what does that mean? That means, hey, you're serving, you're, you're giving, you're attending, you're um, you know, attending a crew outside of that. You're, you're part of the life of the church. And if I can be totally transparent with you, Eric and I, we talk about this all the time. The people we know that are thriving spiritually right now are doing one of three things or all of these three things. Number one, they attend church regularly. Number two, they serve on the Alive team. They're on part of the serve team. And number three, they attend a crew. I know a lot of people are doing at least one of those, but I know a lot of people are doing all three. All three, they're really thriving. It doesn't mean life's perfect and that the enemy doesn't attack them. It just means they are thriving because they're hooked in to the vine. When we unhook and we stop gathering, the enemy can scatter us. And that is a dangerous place, right? And the enemy would love to do nothing more than just keep us separated. I think the enemy loved stay-at-home orders. He was just laughing. And now I'm not getting into political or anything like that. I'm just saying, he's like, watch this. I'm going to scatter I'm going to cut them off from the source. I'm going, to, I'm going to see who really is real about this, right? It's time to get serious, people. Amen? It's time to come back to the house. If you're watching online right now and you have yet come back and you feel safe and you're good and you just have gotten in a bad rhythm of attending online, but, man, you missed the hug, you missed the live worship, man, come on back. Come on back. God loves you just where you are. You don't have to come back for God to love you any more or any less. But man, if it's fear that is uh, paralyzing you from getting back to the house, we break that off in the name of Jesus. Amen? We break that off in that spirit that comes against us because the enemy knows if he can just ga- scatter us, he c- cuts down our power and the anointing that happens in that service. Amen? If he can just scatter us all over the place, there's power when the believers come together. I don't even need to go there. You look at the book of Acts. Every time they were assembled together in one place, in one accord, in one spirit, supernatural stuff happened. Amen? There is power in the gathering. So practically, what does that look for us? Well, hey, it might be different for any, all of us. For some of us, maybe the Lord and the Holy Spirit is getting on our church attendance. Like, hey, it's been a while. Let's get back into the flow. Summer, summer's kind of leaving right now, all right? It's still beautiful out there, but all right, uh, we're closing down the, the cottages. The boats are getting winterized, all that stuff. Let's get into a rhythm, amen? Let's get into a flow. I was actually looking at a scary thought, but there's 13 weeks until Christmas. Some are like, don't, don't, I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan, right? Some of you are like, he just swore, right? We've been, I haven't had a cider and donut yet, and he's already talking about Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like, go to Target Myers, like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Like, stop! Like, season after season first, right? All right? 13 weeks till Christmas. That's about a little over three months. The Lord was like, hey, give him a challenge. What if for the next three months you made it a priority to be at church every Sunday and just see where you're at spiritually? There might be a one or two weekends where you already had a commitment and you can't get out of it and all that. I get that. That happens. But maybe on those weeks you tune in online from where you're at or you watch it on the week, at the week after on the podcast or, the, or watch it on YouTube and stay connected. But for the next three months, 
The Lord's like, I dare you to get in my house and make gathering a priority and see what God can do in and through you spiritually. So maybe that's a challenge for some of us. For some of us, it's like, hey, I come and I receive and I love it. I'm being blessed. It's time for me to also pour out. So maybe it's joining the Alive team, jumping on where maybe once a month or twice a month out of the whole month, you come and and you can attend a service and you serve at a service and you actually pay something forward. You make a space available for others to connect with the gospel of Jesus. For some of you, you need community. You come to church and you're like, I like all these people, I think, but I don't really know anybody, right? You need a crew. You need to get in a small group. You need to get outside of these four walls and connect midweek and get deeper than how you doing, how's the weather, God bless you, right? Like, like go in and get in time to get serious. Can I get an amen on that? It's time to get serious. So that was like week two extended version of the gathering, right? That's number one. Number two is this, time to get serious about our relationship with God. Hello. Gathering as a church is important, no doubt, but we don't want to get into a religious ditch either, okay? And what I mean by that is this, because here's the honest truth. You can attend church your whole life and miss heaven for eternity. It's a true statement. You can attend church every Sunday and miss heaven. Why? How? Because the only thing that guarantees you salvation in eternity heaven is a personal relationship with Jesus. The only thing. I don't have time to put it on the screen. We don't even have it. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through him, Jesus, right? And then again in Matthew 7, he's actually teaching. He's saying, hey, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter into my kingdom, right? And they're like, what? Some of you will say, but hey, I prophesied in your name, Jesus, right? I cast out demons in your name. I did signs and wonders in your name. And Jesus will turn to some of us and say, away from me, I never knew you. One of the most sobering, challenging scriptures When you read that and say, Lord, am I a part of that group? Why? It's a personal relationship with Jesus. And if it's personal, we have to know him. Amen? We have to know him. I believe that God is stirring us up to get serious about our relationship with him. Because here's the deal. Church attendance cannot save you. Amen? Serving on the Alive team, great thing, cannot save you. Giving of your tithes and offerings cannot save you and get you to heaven. Uh, Getting in a crew cannot save you. The only thing that can save you is Jesus. And you have to know him to have relationship with him. Amen? And I believe God is saying it is time to get in and time to draw a line in the sand. Where do we stand with Jesus? No more patty cake, back and forth, right? Half in, half out, right? Like seriously, it reminds me a lot of Jesus' challenge to the church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Pretty, pretty extreme language, but I think a lot of us are familiar with this. It's a good challenge. He says, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Everybody say, whoa. Whoa. Lukewarm ain't going to get it done. Right? Jesus wants us to be either all in or all out, man. Like this half stuff just, it it breaks God's heart because he knows the fullness of What God wants to do in your life isn't able to happen when there's not full commitment there. I think a lot of us treat our relationship with Jesus like some casual dating relationship. 
Like, like we can date Jesus when he's convenient, when he's good looking, when I'm feeling it. But when something better comes along, something in culture that sweeps me along, I'm like, woo, I'm going to go over there. And it's like this culturally casual dating relationship, almost like a friends with benefits Jesus relationship. And God's like, I will spit you so far out of my mouth. I'm gargling you right now, and I'm about to hawk a loogie. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, get that out of my mouth. Pretty extreme graphic language here I'm using. That's crazy. Wasn't in my notes, all right? Um, somebody's pulling. Come on. All over Scripture, we see the church as being described as the bride of Christ. Talked about this in Serving God last week. Man, you guys are getting a little re- remix Jesus is coming back for a bride that is crazy about him. Not lukewarm about him. Crazy about him. Like for those of you guys that are married or engaged to be married, think about this. How would it feel to go to the altar and confess your love to somebody who you weren't sure was, felt the same way back? That'd be messed up. That'd be a little dysfunctional, right? Like, like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what you do for me, right? Like some of us like, like have our relationship with God based on, well, what are you going to do for me, God? What's in it for me? That'll, that'll determine if I follow you or not, right? Eric and I dated for five years, four of those were long distance, and our love grew each year, and we weren't perfect, but man, we ran to that altar. And when we ran there, we knew that both people on the other side of that were pretty crazy in love with each other, Amen. And that love continues to grow. But man, this is how Jesus wants his church to be, all in. Like, I'm crazy about you. We already know he's crazy about us. Just read his word. He loves you, amen? He is all about you. But he wants to know, are you running to that altar half-hearted? Is this like a half foot in, half foot out, right? Like, we ain't doing the hokey pokey and turning ourselves around. You know, that's not gonna get it done for God. He wants us to be all in, amen? And so our response is, man, what do we do? We get... We get serious about our relationship with him. If you love somebody so much, you want to spend time with them, right? I remember when we were dating, I just could not wait for that next date. When can I see you again? Man, that's what Jesus wants us to be like with him. Like, I want to read his word. I want to pray and talk to him. I I want to be committed because it's amazing, because the commitment's back, amen? And so it's time for us to get serious about our personal relationship. And here's what Jesus challenges the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. He says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Whew, this one hurts sometimes. I feel like God really wants to encourage somebody right here. If you have left your first love in this season, if you have run away from God, if you've been distant or disconnected from God, if you've been apathetic towards the God, Jesus, his church, Jesus is standing here with open arms. He's saying, come back home. It is good to be back. He is saying, I'm not mad at you. Remember, I say this all the time. He's madly in love with you. And he wants relationship with you. There's no distance too far that you can run from God that God can't take you back. Come on, somebody. We've all missed it. We've all made mistakes. We've all had dry seasons. But God is always faithful. He is standing at the altar and he's saying, today's wedding day, come on back. Come on home. Don't be dancing around with that. Don't be chasing that. That promises this or that. I'm the one that truly satisfies and fulfills you, and I will be committed to you through high and low, thick and thin, hard times, great times, everywhere in between. Jesus is faithful, and he's constant. He's saying, come 
back home. It's time to come back home to that relationship. He's got arms wide open. And I'll say one more thing on that. For those of us that are like, me and Jesus are good, but it's just kind of like stale. It just needs a little bit of freshness on it. The Lord's been challenging me, and I've been praying this scripture, Psalm 51:12. David cries out his heart in this psalm after he made a really bad mistake with, with a woman. And he says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I've been praying that for our church. Come on, somebody. Lord, would you restore unto every person the joy of our salvation? Do you remember the first time you got saved when you first found out that Jesus paid your sin and that you could spend eternity in heaven instead of eternity in hell and that God had a plan for your life? I don't know about what you, maybe. I I was all about Jesus. I couldn't wait to spend time with him. I couldn't wait to worship him. I couldn't wait to open up my Bible. I couldn't wait to tell other people about how good this dude was. Return unto us the joy of our salvation. Some of us have been saved for years, but we need to notify our face that we're saved. We need to notify our attitude when we're around our coworkers and our family members that we love Jesus, that he lives on the inside of us. Lord, may you return that joy of our salvation, that fervor, that zeal, that passion for the things of God and for others to connect with that. Amen? I believe God will and continue to do that. Last thing, number three, I want to close with this. It's time to get serious about loving and serving others. Again, there's so many things we could talk about today, but I just really felt like the Lord wanted us to go here. Jesus said a couple things on that. First thing is John chapter 13, verse 35. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? If you what? If you what? Love one another, right? And in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, in the message, he says, hey, this is not going to be that way with you. They're arguing about people lording it over and using their authority and abusing people and all that stuff. He's like, hey, Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. So Jesus said we'll, he'll, people will know that we're his disciples by our love and that if we want to be great in this life and in his kingdom, we must be a servant, right? And so Jesus challenges us with some pretty good stuff. Number one, our love. Did Jesus say people would know that we're his disciples because of our church attendance? Because of our giving record? Because of our crew attendance? Because of where we serve in the church? No, he said he, he would know, people would know because of our love. And in a world full of hate right now and division, it is time to get serious about our love walk, people. It is time. I'm preaching to myself today. Please catch the heart. This message is for me. But I believe God is just like, I just need to shake some people up. This isn't like, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. It's like, get in the huddle. Hey, hey, it's fourth and one. There's three seconds left. This ain't no joke. You either go home a victor or you go home dead. But hey, we're going to do something today. Coach Jesus is like, hey, I got everybody's attention right now. Our love walk is so important right now. The world would know that we love Jesus by our love. Not how many scriptures we memorized or how many Bible studies we led in our past years. Where's our love walk at? Where's our love talk at? How are we treating those around us? That is what is gonna break the cycle and disease and decay in our culture is when we stop going at each other, other Christians on Facebook, at each other, dividing the church. Man, I, I don't, if I was an unbeliever, I wouldn't be a part of that. If that's the God you serve, I ain't serving him. Because look at the way you're talking to that person. Look at the way you're demeaning that person. Man, 
God, challenge us, stir us up. Because God wants to help us make that place. So number one, we gotta love. Number two, we gotta serve. I heard a joke once, Christianity is a lot like tennis. Those who serve well, win. You guys ever played tennis before against a good server? You didn't even return it once. Game's over, right? About half a minute. And yeah, we're not talking about serving tennis, but we're talking about serving people. But Christianity is a serving game. How can we serve others? How we can put others first, right? I believe Jesus is stirring us up today. And there's so many different ways that we can do this. The first way that we've been talking about last week and again this week is, hey, if we need to just have some accountability in serving other people, a great easy on-road is, hey, what's this Alive team all about? Serving doesn't get you to heaven. Your relationship with Jesus gets you to heaven. But man, an outflow and an accountability and a community and a gathering metric in your life could be, I am scheduled twice a month to come and help serving kids or help serving you or help greet in here or help usher or help lead some of the tech stuff or do whatever or jump on the worship team. Man, there is accountability in that and that's a good accountability for us because it gets us focused on others besides ourselves. And it's healthy. And so maybe today you take the, the, the signing day card. And uh, if you fill that out and say, hey, take it to the, the booth there on your way out, we'll get you a free t-shirt just for saying, you know what? I want to commit to this. Hey, maybe you don't know where that, but you know you need to get on that. We'll connect with you. We'll find the right spot for your gift set and, and hook you up there. The second thing that I, I just wanted to mention, I felt like the Lord's like, hey, we haven't talked about this in a really long time. And it's super simple yet super challenging. And it's this, how do we love and serve others? we can invite them to church. Like this is like a lost thing, especially with COVID, right? Like you serve others by loving others and you love others by getting them excited about what you're excited about or sharing the good stuff that's going on in your life. If, if you've been blessed by what's going on here at Alive, I guarantee you it will bless somebody else who doesn't currently come. I believe God can work in somebody else's life. Amen, I believe, I believe it I, I, wholeheartedly. Not because we're some sweet church or great pastors or anything like that, because God is amazing. And he loves everyone and he died for everyone and he wants every person to come to that saving knowledge of him. He's on mission. And and people just need a simple invite. The statistics say that 82% of unchurched said they would give church a try if they just were invited personally. The other statistic that, man, shame on us, not our church, but come on, like the church as a whole, statistically wise, only 2% of church members invite an unchurched person to church. That means 98% of the church at whole will not invite one unchurched person the entire year, calendar year. And we're like, man, Lord, grow our church and reach more people. And it's like, we're excited. We're, we're, we're scared to say, come to church. Because what if they might say no? What if they say yes? What if they say, not this week, next week? What if they say, sure? God could intervene. And so I feel like God wants to stir us up. I think we've been hiding behind mandates and man, we don't want to offend anybody. Like this is kind of like, I'll do me, but I don't want to tell you what to do you because like, what if you're not cool with this? And I get all of that and we navigate that and we're still, it ain't going away. All right. The flu ain't going away. Corona ain't going away, but we got to deal with it. Amen. We can't be locked down and held down in fear. We got to, what is most important to my spiritual health? In the midst of all that craziness we just went through in a year and a half, we never missed the grocery store. Why? Because we got to eat physically but what have we been eating spiritually? Woo! The Lord's preaching to me. Come on now. Don't, don't smile or nudge your neighbor, right? It's not a good time to do that. What have we been eating spiritually? If Jesus is the most important thing to us, even above bread, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word 
that proceeds from the mouth of God? Have we put church and gathering and community, Christian community, God-knit community as a priority in our life? This is one of those, I'm gonna need a minute, Pastor. Like, I feel like you chewed me up, spit me out, beat me up, but it feels good, but I think I'm a little sore. You know how you can judge a good workout? If you're sore, right? That next day and day two sometimes even worse, where you try to get out of that chair in the office, you're like, oh! The hammies are just like not cooperating. You know you got a good workout. Leg day was good, amen? I believe the Lord's shaking us up. And please, please hear my heart. It's time to get serious. And I wanna, I wanna own this just as much as all of us do. I wanna lead by example. I want us to be serious about gathering. We look forward to gathering. I believe this is the best day of your week, not because it's called Sunday, because we get to come to the Lord's house and his power and presence is available to all of us, amen? So let's get serious about gathering. Let's get serious about our relationship with Jesus. Where are we at? Are we hot? Are we cold? Do we need to turn up the temp a little bit? Come on now, it's okay. Jesus says, I want one or the other. Don't give me that lukewarm stuff. You know what he's gonna do with it. We're talking about it, right? It's nasty. And number three, it's time to get serious about loving and serving others. Man, when we don't show up, the church doesn't show up. How can we serve those if we don't show up? How can you serve others when you don't show? And so God is just stirring something in us. And guys, as we turn the corner here, we get to celebrate four years next Sunday. Come on, somebody. God is faithful. Four years. And God has done incredible things in just four years. But I believe we're just getting started. And I believe the church that emerges out of this junk that we just went through, it's gonna be stronger. It's gonna be more committed. It's gonna be pruned. There's been a lot of pruning going on. A lot of branches being cut off that were fake, all right? And that's a good thing. It breaks our heart, but it's a good thing. But because we're stronger, we will be better positioned to reach and bring in the end time harvest that God prophesied that is now before us. All we need is the laborers because the harvest is plentiful, amen? but the labors are few. I'm looking at some labors. Who's ready to build? Who's ready to run? Who's ready to worship God? I don't care what I look like. Who's ready to read the word of God and let it change our life? Who's ready to let God move in their marriage and their relationships? Who's ready God to move in your family and your kids? It's time to get serious, my God. He is working and he is moving. We gotta lean into it and it's a fun ride. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up this morning. Fire in the bones. God wants that for every single one of us. And so I pray you were encouraged, you were inspired. I pray that you're challenged this morning, just a good, healthy challenge. And so it's gonna take God's help to do all this, to stay committed to this. But I believe if we just lean in and we commit to him, man, the best is yet to come, amen? We are on the cusp of breakthrough. So let's go after everything we got. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for today. I thank you for just a good dose of encouragement and challenge, Father, from your word. Lord, we hear it loud and clear. It is time to get serious. No more playing church. No more casual Christianity. No more half-hearted commitment, Lord. Lord, break us of the, the temptation of culture to just sit in the middle and be neutral. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a spirit of revival that would flow through us as a people of God. 
Lord God, a, 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 a hungering and a thirsting for the, the things of God, the deeper things of you, Father. I thank you for a hungry and thirsting of your spirit and the power of God in our lives, Father God. I ask you to help us get serious about gathering, to not look at it as a church attendance thing, but as a heartbeat of the church. We're alive when we gather. And so, Father God, help us never forsake that. Help us prioritize that. Help uh, even, Holy Spirit, rearrange our schedules and our commitments to line up to what we truly hold in our heart dear and value the most. Lord, help us get serious about our relationship with you. Lord, let it be personal. Let it be authentic. Let it be real. For those of us that have run away from our first love, I believe you're calling us home today. Lord, we are right with you today. In Jesus' name, we're being restored today. Father, restore unto us the joy of our salvation that we're thankful and excited that, Jesus, you've saved us from hell. You've set eternity for heaven. And, Lord, you want to walk with us every day of our lives and help us know you more and be more like you. Return unto us that freshness, that zeal, and that fervor and that fire for you, Father. And, Lord, I ask you to help us love and serve others. May this not be all about us, but Lord, may we realize we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. And it's an honor to be in your kingdom. It's an honor to serve in your kingdom. And so, Father, I just thank you for stirring us and shaking us in a good way. Waking up, Lord, I just pray that the slumbering saints, the, the saints that have fallen asleep or been drifting, Lord, that you would awaken us, alert us, and dial us into that huddle, Lord God. And now we go out on the field. We get to win victory with you, Father God, because we win in you. And so, Lord, we love you so much. We praise you. We thank you for helping us in all of these areas. We thank you for the fruit that's about to come from our lives and from the church as a whole. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody greet said. Amen. Amen. No one threw a rock, so that's... Say it went okay. I don't know. Um, praise God. No, guys, it's been an honor being in God's house and and uh, just talking about some of these things. I I never like to close service. One more thing, and I'm bringing Erica up to close this out. A little over here today. I feel like the Lord wanted us to go some places. So I never like to close a service without an opportunity for those that maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus personally, or for those of us that maybe did at one time, but like we left that first love and. and I can't tell you the last time we felt that spark and you need to come back home. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. There's nothing, there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And we believe that's why we exist here. And so if everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment and online as well, no moving around, no shuffling. This is for you too. If you're tuning in or even watching this later in the week, God can still save you in your car, in the break room or wherever you're watching or listening to this. There's no distance in the spirit. If you're here today and you said, hey, I, I need to get serious about my relationship with Jesus. And to be honest with you, I've never confessed him as Lord of my life. Or maybe you find yourself in that second invitation where you knew him or you've prayed a prayer at one time or one time in your life you were on fire for God, but that fire has been lost. And it's time to come back home and come back to that first love. And you need a line in the sand marked moment with Jesus. Today's your day. I'm not gonna call you out and embarrass you or call you up. I just wanna know who can I link my faith with as we pray this family church prayer together to invite Jesus into our heart for the first time or return back to him in that first love. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I'm talking to this morning? Praise God. Thank you. I see it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Online as well, just reverence this moment. And let's just pray this all after me. Let's pray it from our hearts. Say, Heavenly Father, 
thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life that honors you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Come on now. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.